Hey guys, who wants free money? Um, I'm asking that because our partners over at Nitrogen Sports is giving away entries into the NFL Survivor Pool, which you can win free money. Um, I know you guys heard us talk about them uh, in the past few episodes. Very good partners of ours. They support our show. But if you guys go over to our website, eatsleepfantasy.com, you click on the banner for Nitrogen Sports, sign up for an account, and not only do you get into the free Survivor Pool, but then you also get into secret pools uh, for our listeners and uh, listeners of other of other shows. So you have really good chances of signing up uh, to one of these Survivor Pools and uh, winning some nice money to bet for the rest of the season because I know you guys all love to gamble because you're listening to our show and, and we love to gamble. So um, if you guys don't know who Nitrogen Sports are, they are the number one Bitcoin betting website in the universe uh, on Nitrogen Sports, you can bet on uh, everything from baseball, basketball, cricket, esports, and of course football and, and a few others. Make sure you go check them out. Go to the banner on our website, click on it, and uh, yeah, check them out. They, uh, they're really easy to use, really easy to take money in and out using Bitcoin. That's really simple if you've never done it before. Uh, I'm pretty new to it, and I figure it out, so I know you guys will. Uh, so don't forget, go to our website, click on the banner for Nitrogen Sports, sign up, get into those free NFL survival pools. Super easy to do. Even if you've never even done a survival pool, what's the risk? You're you're basically you know playing for free anyway, so, and you're going to win money. Check it out. Go to our website, click on the banner, and uh, enjoy it. Appreciate it, you guys. Yeah. Eat, sleep, fantasy. You rocking with the best. NFL fantasy football podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs. Better follow the conversation with John, Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming, eat nation. We doing what we like. Tune in every week. Guarantee we get it hype. Fantasy football enthusiasts. I know you plan to be joining us on Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Yeah. Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Eat, sleep, fantasy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Eat, Sleep, Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Dale. Thanks for joining us. Today, uh, I am sitting here all by myself. I have edited what I'm calling a nugget episode. I don't know if there's a really better term for it. Best of. I know uh, some podcasts do best of. I don't know if we're going to do this for the rest of the year. I want some feedback um, of how you guys like this because basically what I did I spliced together uh, I went through five episodes and just got little nuggets from every episode for about a half hours worth of content um, I'm just trying it out like I said if you guys like this email me and say hey that's cool or yeah I already listened to it earlier in the week um, I don't need to hear it again I don't know it's we're, we're trying something different we like to try different things uh, as you know we give away a lot of stuff just to be a little bit different um, so check it out listen to uh I don't know, the next 30 minutes. Let us know what you think. I went through um, one of our DFS episodes with Steve and JJ. I went through a mock draft that we did uh, with Pat Lane. Um, a lot of John, it seems like John hogs the microphone a lot. I don't know if it's our fault or his, but uh, you do hear a lot of him. And uh, yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty bad for me because I had to re-listen to everything and recut it. But Nonetheless, I think it's really good content that we're, uh, I guess, redistribution, redistributing to you. Uh, I think it's a pretty cool concept. I don't know if a lot of other fantasy football podcasts are doing it, but uh, check it out. Let us know what you think, and um, have a good weekend, and I hope everybody uh, has a happy draft and a good time, because that's what fantasy football is all about. So check it out, and uh, let us know what you think. Later. So just a couple things as the 
preseason week three is kicking off, which, by the way, preseason week three is the most important as far as what it's going to tell us for the rest of the season because this is the dress rehearsal for all NFL teams, probably besides the Rams. They don't ever play anybody in preseason at all. But a um, couple things just that we've seen so far today. You know, Arizona game was earlier. Keyshawn Johnson is going to be the starting wide receiver. Um, you know, they're going to run four wide receiver sets more than anybody else in the NFL. So any piece of that starting puzzle you can get, and it seems like Keyshawn Johnson is going to be the guy there. Um, you know, it's definitely going to be Christian Kirk. There's going to be Larry Fitzgerald, and then after that it's just a bunch of question marks whether, you know, they're flanking out tight ends like what they've shown us. There, You know, Kingsbury did this a lot at Texas Tech where he'll put big guys like he had Jason Morrow there if you want to go really far back. He loves bigger-bodied guys, and that's what they drafted as well. So Keyshawn Johnson is going to be one of those guys. His ADP right now is unbelievably low and an absolute steal that you can get late in your draft he's basically going undrafted and standard or you know if you don't have like a super deep bench or you're not playing dynasty he's free so look to get him wherever you can and also on the other side holy cow dalvin freaking cook bust off an 85 yard touchdown um so for all those people that were getting dalvin cook in the middle to late second round those days are going to be over if you haven't drafted yet he is going to creep up into the first round and rightfully so because they have a new offensive coordinator there and they are going to be super run heavy it's just what's going to happen there so brito i'm going to ask you this i feel like we've had some discussions about dalvin cook Tell me exactly where you would be willing to take him and what do you think? Uh, I'd be willing to take him in the group of really high-end uh, RB2s. I know a lot of people see him as the an RB1. I don't see him that in that vein for a lot of reasons. I think injury is the biggest reason. Um, I, not that I think he's going to get hurt this year, but it's, it is a big risk with him. If he can stay on the field all year, He's going to finish the year as an RB1, but I think the biggest concern is injury. Um, so really, that's all it comes down to. Um, I do want to jump now and talk a little bit about Mike Evans because John will not stop saying Mike Evans over and over again. Usually we do a lot of prep and like we share like a Google Doc and I don't have to like see Christian's face, which is beautiful, by the way. Uh, he's a very attractive man. Uh, he did see my penis, and it's it's going to affect his rankings. I think I moved up in his rankings. Um, but here's the deal. Mike Evans, I feel like, is not getting – I hate Mike Evans. Let me just say that first off. If you looked at my rankings last year, I was I had him so bottom of the barrel because I didn't really believe in the team. However, with Bruce Arians there, I absolutely love Mike Evans. And I know that he killed it last year. He's finished as a top 10 wide receiver every year he's been in the league, finishing 8, 9, 4, and 8 um, in the last four years. Like, this dude is going to ball out. And, oh, my gosh, Bruce Arians with a huge wide receiver and a strong-armed quarterback, I don't believe they're going to win a lot of games but they are going to air the fucking ball out. I love Mike Evans. I have him as my wide receiver nine. Man, Dell, is that crazy? Am I too high on him? 
Uh, no, I, again, this is one of the rankings. Uh, I don't know if it's because we hang out so much together or what, but a lot of our rankings are pretty similar. I do want to correct you, John. You were looking at the wrong sheet there for Mike Evans' uh, finishes. Thanks a us. lot, Dale. <laughs> uh, his last couple years, he finished ninth last year, 17, 3, 22, and 13, dating back to 2014. So, um, and still fairly consistent. I mean, since you know, since coming in as a as a rookie, I mean, being in the top 24 every single year. That's still not bad. If you can almost guarantee a top 24 finish, which that's an easy guarantee for me, for Mike Evans, uh, you know, you're, you're doing something right. So, and, and I'll say this, like his yards have been on key every year. The only problem that Mike Evans has had as far as fantasy goes is touchdowns. Well, guess what? Bruce Arians is there. He loves to throw the ball in the red zone. So uh, if you go back to all those years where Larry Fitzgerald was just an absolute beast, even though he was – 45 years old it was when Bruce Arians was there when Bruce Arians left Larry Fitzgerald dropped down dramatically so it, you have to take into effect who's calling the plays and what his targets are going to be there is not a lot of competition for targets there it's Michael Thomas Alvin Kamara then Ted Ginn so I really do think that Jared Cook has an opportunity here to be he would you be shocked, Dale, if he finished, like, tight end number five? Dale's getting a drink as we are ordering. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, I like uh, – what, what was your question about Jared Cook to me? Do you think – would you be shocked if he finished as, like, tight end five or better? No. and Well, and that's – I was talking about this earlier with somebody. The tight end position, you have a multi-touchdown game, and you're automatically in the top ten pretty much. There's not a lot of – room for you know being eliteness except you know for the top three obviously and that's why they call them the whatever top three elite three whatever you want to call those those uh tight ends and then you're looking at guys like jared cook look am i crazy and i know there's a lot of hype and i'll ask this to christian am i crazy to be higher on jared cook than i am with guys like vance mcdonald austin hooper delaney walker trey burton because I mean, that's I I have Jared Cook ranked above those guys. Uh, I have Jared Cook higher than that. I have Jared Cook in the group with O.J. Howard and Evan Ingram. That's where he belongs for me. Um, I think people are, for some reason, I understand this. I understand this offense is going to go through Michael Thomas. It's going to go through Alvin Kamara. I think there's a really good chance that Jared Cook is the number three on that team, and that is significant. That's significant. Look at the fantasy value of whoever is the number three for Drew Brees over the years. So, I mean, last few years it's been Mark Ingram, but if you if you go back, Drew Brees used to love the tight end position. Jimmy Graham in his heyday was Jimmy Graham because of Drew Brees. So if Jared Cook can just be physically what he was last year if he brings that to new orleans he'll finish the year as a top five tight end do not run away from players and so it's funny in the nfl draft you know teams will take players completely off of their draft board as a fantasy player or a fantasy owner you cannot do that um, at some point, every player has extreme value. So do not get into your mind, oh, I'm not going to do this or I'm just going to do this. Because once somebody like that drops to the third round, holy freaking shit, that guy is going to dominate. So 
Um, as I turn this over to Brito, I do want to say when you're drafting, just be present and pay attention. Just because you don't like a guy does not mean don't draft that guy. Uh, if, if he falls, you scoop that up. That's insane value. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, Emmanuel Sanders said he expects to be ready week one with no limitations, which, you know, a 30-plus-year-old wide receiver coming back from a lower leg injury, um, it's, it's tough to trust, but in, especially a guy who relies on his route running as much. Um, but if, if he's comfortable and he's healthy and he shows something in, you know, the end of training camp, late preseason, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind getting him. He'd be a steal right now. Yeah, and I, man, I think some people are jumping on him a little bit early. Um, I, I'm seeing people, and I've been getting questions about taking him in, you know, like the fifth, sixth, seventh round, and that's generally pretty close to where you were drafting him before. But I, I think everybody needs to pump the brakes on this a little bit. I mean, it's a different quarterback for one. Case Keenum, he always threw to a slot receiver, right? Joe Flacco never really had much to work with to begin with over there in Baltimore, so we don't really know what that chemistry is going to be like. But not only that, he's only a little over eight months removed from his surgery. His surgery was December 6th of last year. So it's great that he's in camp. It's great that he's doing all this stuff. You know, I know I was, like, super high on, on like, Deontay Foreman, right? But, you know, he's well over 12 months removed you know, into his situation and he's a younger guy. So to JJ's point about the route running and all that stuff, I mean, remember eight months removed from the actual surgery. So, you know, he's a super high risk, high reward guy, but man, I I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be taking him where I normally would be drafting him. If that makes sense. Quietly, Chris Carson put up an an RB one season last year. Mm -hmm. So even if you give all of those 146 touches, to Rashad Penny, I still think Chris Carson can give you RB one value. Oh, absolutely! And and where you're currently drafting him, I mean that's that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But you got to assume that all 146 touches won't go to Penny. So you increase Carson's workload if he can stay healthy. You know, in, in a run heavy offense, I think Chris Carson could be a sneaky another sneaky RB one like he was last year. And Penny can be an RB two. I don't see a reason why these both can't be successful. Yeah, I don't know what kind of volume Penny saw towards the end of last year, but you know, I know he had enough touches in there to where, you know, you take that 146 from Davis, right? And you add whatever Penny had last year. That's why I'm really kind of looking at these guys because I believe Chris Carson had like 210 or 220 carries last year. That's why I firmly believe that the floor for touches uh Chris Carson is going to be the 250 and the floor for touches on Rashad Penny is going to be around 130. So I I really do see these guys both having uh, significant fantasy value this year. So in Buffalo, we've talked about this conundrum a few times, but I'm still big on Singletary. McCoy's still there. Gore's still there. Yeldon's still there, although I haven't been seeing good things about Yeldon recently. Um. Yeah, I mean, Singletary, dynasty-wise, that's the guy to own. You know, and even go back to Chicago, you want Montgomery. If you have the other guys, great. Hopefully you have him handcuffed to Montgomery. But Singletary is going to be the guy to own. Who knows if Shady's going to be there, um, you know, by the trade deadline. Who knows what they're going to do with Gore. Who knows what they're going to do. But I think at the end of the day, Singletary is still going to be the guy just because he's going to fit what they do there. 
more than any of those other guys are. Yeah, and quite honestly, between McCoy, Gore, and Yeldon, I gotta assume one of them is going to be on the move at some point this preseason, whether it's a cut or a trade. I just I don't see him keeping these four backs. I mean, you don't draft Devin Singletary without you know some plan to use him. If you're going to use him, who aren't you going to use? I mean, you're not going to ask McCoy or Gore to go on special teams. I don't think he has TJ Yeldon do it either. So. I got to imagine that one of those one of those three older guys is going to be gone. Yeah, I mean, something's got to give somewhere in this whole situation. You know, they just – they have whoever that kid was that took his first carry to the house the other day. Um, Wade. Yeah, and I don't know that if – British rugby star. <laughs> right. And I don't know if Murphy's still on the team too. So there's going to be a couple other guys down the depth chart that – you know, we're going to be fighting for a roster spot as well. I just, I honestly can't see them keeping, you know, three out of these four guys. I think Singletary's a lock. It's It's my guess is it's going to be Singletary, Gore, and then whether they keep Yeldon or whether they keep one of the other guys, very hard to say. No, I, I'm with you completely. And wh- one of the things that people don't understand is a very similar to what you said. You have to find whatever advantage you can, because in today's fantasy world, everybody is reading Matthew Barry, uh, ESPN kind of watching NFL network. Everybody's operating under this exact same value. So once somebody says, oh, you should take so-and-so, that's one of the big top media personalities. Everybody hears that. So you've got to be able to find a way to find your advantage. And the way that you do that is that you adjust the consensus ranks, which we're going to talk through some tiers and stuff in a second, in a way that will benefit to your league. Um, And so you, you gave some of those examples, and we're going to go through a mock draft and kind of set that up a little bit. But make sure you head over to your league site because they're all so vastly different. Um. Dale, maybe you can t- start start us off on this one, touch us off on this one, really. I, I, just curious about strategies-wise. Um, there are a lot of different strategies out there that you'll hear. So whether you go running back, running back in the first two rounds, or running back, wide receiver, or wide receiver, wide receiver, or you know zero running back, we don't take a running back to later, zero wide receiver, or even value-based drafting, which is a little bit more complex for people that haven't been playing fantasy football. But is there anything in particular – now? Every draft is different, as John said earlier. Like every draft is going to be different, so you're going to be looking at different guys on the board when it comes to you. But is there any strategy that you always try to do, or is there any strategy on that list that you're like, I'll never do that, no matter what? Um, it, this is going to be kind of a easy question for me. I mean, value based drafting is by far. I mean, before you get into your draft, depending you know how serious you are, you know, with it, you're going to go value based drafting nine times out of ten. Just because I, even if you have, you know, okay, if you have the first, second, third pick, maybe the fourth pick, you know your your pre-selected, uh, you know, running backs that you're going to get. But beyond that, you're based, you know, you're drafting solely on value um, nine times out of ten, maybe even ten times out of ten for me. So, yeah, that's that's my strategy going to it almost every time. The one running back, running back, you know, wide receiver, wide receiver, those strategies, I don't like to stick to that because you don't know who's going to fall to you. And if you have that predetermined strategy already before you even go into the draft and, you know, you're saying, oh, I'm going to go wide receiver, wide receiver, but, you know, maybe Christian McCaffrey's available at five for some weird reason. Um, you know, why not get the best player available that's going to help you win? Again, you know, going back to those, you know, first two rounds that are so important, 
um, you, you really want to go for the value there for sure. Hey, I'm going to interrupt this Nugget episode for a quick mention of Manscaped and Manscaped.com. If you guys haven't heard us talk about them in the past, uh, they are seriously probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, I'm crazy now shaving like every other day before it was a it was a crazy mess down there. But now I have the confidence to use Manscaped because it's I'm not afraid to uh, cut my balls. And if you're a woman listening to this, I think it's just as important to you because you can kind of shave down there. I, don't, I really don't know how that goes, but um, I'm sure that there's a little bit of concern when you're going down there. You just use the man, uh, the uh, lawnmower 2.0. It takes all the worry away. So uh, whether you're a man or a woman, I think I'm pretty sure it's geared towards men, obviously, because no neck technology and your balls, two things that, um, you know, go well together. But even if you're a woman, I think you could still, uh, you know, maybe shave some designs or something down there. I don't know. I don't know uh, what, what women do nowadays. So uh, I'm married uh, with the second kid on the way. So I'm as clueless as anybody. But uh, I do suggest you guys go to manscaped.com. Check it out. Awesome stuff. Um, you use promo code ESF for free shipping. And that, that alone is awesome because you get this, like, little uh, toiletry bag, this leather toiletry bag. It's really nice. I know all of us use it here and love it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, promote anything that I don't believe in, and I really do believe in this because I'm an actual user. So check it out. It's worth using if you guys uh, are afraid of scissors or your old, outdated razor technology. Go to manscaped.com. Um, and so- you know what didn't happen? Almost no wide receivers went. Yep. Um, this is going to happen, and this is why you mock draft. So let's just say um, you are the biggest Mark Ingram fan, and you're just like, if I don't get this guy on my team, I'm just going to be pissed. <laughs> you go through these mock drafts and you try it out. This is trial. We're not playing with this team. And so now we know, man, if I want to be 100% guaranteed to get Mark Ingram, I've got to take him in the third right? Uh, yeah. or trade for him later on. So it, definitely some things that can happen. If you are in the middle of a draft and somebody picks the guy that you're in love with, what you want to do is, one, put on your poker face. And what I do, I'm, I'm an asshole. I'm just going to be on. I don't know if I can cuss on this show, but whatever. Um, uh, you know, I mean, something like that is okay. You, you can edit that for <laughs> sure. I'm, I have my apologies. That's quite all right. We'll just stay away from We'll stay away from the hard stuff. That's all. And, and this gets into kind of your uh, strategy. I'm going to be like, man, Mark Ingram, really? Like, what do you think about him? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to start working that trade right then and there. Um <laughs> Well, all right, cool. Would you be interested in trading them and try to get some of that stuff worked out, whether that's in the chat or private DM, whatever. Hopefully it's a live draft. But we went wide receiver, and there's still some stud wide receivers there. Deep breath. And I hate to say it because I hate this damn offense. Don't say uh, Adam Humphreys. Nah. Man, dude, he had six targets. Whoa, 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 whoa. He had six targets in the opening drive of their preseason game. Like, six targets on one drive on a rushing offense. Absolutely love that. I'm just saying. So, uh, there we go. Wait, why would you do that? 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 Why would you you really saying Abraham Humphreys? Yeah, that's oh, who I was going to say. I'll say Jamison Crowder, the uh, poor man's version of that. Uh, it's the exact same role. Target monster out of the slot. Love Jamison Crowder. Can't guard him. He creates so much space. And again, you have a quarterback that loves to check down. Adam Gase, um, go back to kind of the early Jarvis Landry days down in Miami, right, with those crazy targets. 
Well, that's guess who's calling the plays there in the, for the Jets now, and he is going to be playing that Jarvis Landry role. I love guys that I can pair up that are guaranteed going to get you know their seven to eight targets a game minimum, especially in a PPR half PPR. The floor is there there. Um, then later in the draft, I'm targeting super high upside swing for the fences guys. But yeah, I, I love those slot wide receivers that are going to get the most looks on their team. Okay. All right. Yeah, so the only thing I'll say about Humphreys, and I, I'm going to let you go. I love Humphreys. Uh, I'm going to pull a little Kanye here. But uh, why? Is that your guy? Is that <laughs> yeah, the guy is. you were going to? It is. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So I don't have to, so I don't have to sell him to you. I'll let you talk about Adam Humphreys then if that's the case. No, I mean, that's John. what you going to say. If you were like, you're going to say Adam Humphreys, I thought you were going to like say something bad about Humphreys. like, wait a second, what do you no, mean? No, because I've okay. been on Adam Humphreys since the day he uh, he landed in Tennessee. Um, and everybody said I was crazy and I, was, I loved him too much. Um, I did tell you that. I did tell you that. <laughs> uh, Devin Singletary was my guy there. But also, uh, there's two people that I think are really being underdrafted. I won't go really in depth. Uh, we'll, we'll start getting, you know, wrapping it up. But Peyton Barber, I think, still has a lot of value this late in drafts especially, and so does Adrian Peterson. I am a big Darius Geis guy. He's still not even clear to play, though. Adrian Peterson yeah. going as late as, what, maybe the 10th round uh, for a guy that had 1,000 yards last year. I know he's getting old, but if he has the opportunity, he gets a volume. Adrian Peterson still has a chance to get in the, the end zone. So He's going sure. to finish higher than that draft stock. I don't think there's very much risk with Dak Prescott, especially kind of you factor in some of the rushing, like he's not going to blow you away in that regard, but he is going to do some of that. And yeah. he's, I mean, he's competent and he's going to finish better than his, uh, than his average draft position or his ranking. I think so too. I mean, he's got, he's, he's rushed for at least six touchdowns. Every actually, exactly. Exactly. Six, six touchdowns yeah. every year. Uh, last year, he nearly threw for 4,000 yards with thirty about 3,900 yards and 22 touchdowns. That's not horrible, and I don't think that that's definitely not warranted for QB 18, right. um, you know, QB 18 draft pick. So, yeah, I, I think he could be a small steal. Now, the situation with Zeke is really going to determine exactly where he drafts for me on draft day in a couple of weeks. Right. I'm really curious to see what Zeke does because with Zeke there, of course, any quarterback is going to be more successful because, you know, he's Zeke Elliott. So Dak has given you about 300 rushing yards or so, maybe a little more than 300 rushing yards or so every season, five yards of carry and six touchdowns. Like you mentioned, it's going to give you probably around 3,800, 3,900 yards um, maybe he cracks 4,000 yards this season, but that has been good enough for a top 10 quarterback every year. I'm going to go to easleyfantasy.com and check on the John's finishes chart. And right there, you can see Dak Prescott over the last three years. And so 10, 10, and six are his fantasy finishes. I think he's got another top 10 finish in his arsenal for 2019. All right, uh, a couple of running backs here. The first one uh, going around running back 26 is Tevin Coleman. I know, I think uh, John mentioned him maybe last episode or two episodes ago. Tevin Coleman of the 49ers. Uh, I mean, just flat out, I know everybody in the fantasy community that talks about Tevin Coleman talks about Kyle Shanahan um, from, you know, being with Tevin Coleman in Atlanta and now in San Francisco. 
McKinnon is at least not going to start the year. So it looks like Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida for the most part. And Tevin Coleman, a lot of people believe, is going to get the opportunity first ahead of Breida. What do you think? A hundred percent will get the opportunity first. I'm going to give you the same kind of logic that I gave you for Tevin Coleman that I did for the quarterbacks. Ready for this? Last three seasons, Tevin Coleman's finishes 18, 22, and 20. He's been a top 24 running back in RB2 three straight years, moving into now a Kyle Shanahan offense, which he is familiar with, which he will lead and do well with. This year, he will be a top 20 running back, and he's being drafted well outside of that. Now, I would like if you guys didn't all go out and draft him because I'm trying to get him in a lot of my drafts, and you need to relax a little bit with that uh, because his stock is definitely climbing. But it's still at the point where I'm happy because his ADP is 27 at the running back position, and I have him finishing as a top 20 running back. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's, he it's is, been climbing, though, because uh, a couple weeks ago, he was in the 30s, late 30s. Um, the Jarek McKinnon news has not helped that, but I think this is his backfield to lose. I am not a Brita guy. Brita is a fill-in average NFL running back, in my opinion. And Tevin Coleman, while not special in any way, is familiar with the offense and better than Brita. Yeah, I mean, we can't just ignore what Breida did last year, though. He was very productive. Yes, we can. And he was just as productive as Tevin Coleman was with his attempts in yards and touchdowns. So in in a worse offense, really, last year. So I think people are sleeping on the San Francisco offense, by the way. I think it's going to be good. They definitely need rookie wide receivers to step up and play big roles, though. Yep. Yep. All right. Um yeah, am no, I, I agree. Am I coming and every, at this too every, strong with the Tevin Coleman love? Because no, love is I love, man. Look, you you talk. I mean, you're you're saying he's around running back twenty, which is fine. Um, well, I'm saying he's going to be inside it, the top twenty. So yeah, yeah. I, I predict well, I mean, he'll fall. He'll finish the year between fifteen and nineteen. Yeah, which is what he did last year. Yeah, and that's fine. That's fine. And I mean, we keep talking about the same thing here with these all these running backs. I mean, going back to you know. Tevin Coleman, Derrick Henry, uh, Mark Ingram, uh, who Aaron Jones, maybe, you know, those guys, Chris Carson, they're all going to be lumped um, lumped in all together. So, yes, yeah, but 100%. There's all kinds of value the right issue. There. So, if you go, go anywhere and you go to the consensus rankings, Tevin Coleman is not being put in that group with the Chris Carsons, Josh Jacobs, Mark Ingrams, David Montgomery's. And I think he firmly belongs in that group. I agree. I'm, Tevin I'm Coleman's you. going in the group with like Kenyon Drake, and that's yeah. not the right group. Tyler Lockett. You know what sucks? Like I come onto this show, super animated. I want to bring the Sasson, and you just like fucking take that away from me. No, I was ready to bring the Sasson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> bring the what? Sasson. Just say flavor, man. The seasoning. Just say something else. Just say anything else. <laughs> I'm ready to bring the uh, sofrita. This man's like, I got the sazon goye. See, I I ate black beans uh, and rice today. Did you really? 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, my wife just said it's called sofrito. Sofrito. Mm-hmm. Wow. What's the most Hispanic good. thing you have ever eaten? Mm. Tamales. Cool. Those are pretty. They're pretty Hispanic. You ever had like a uh, pig's feet? Bada vuelta en cazuela. Nope. Yeah, that was my dinner two nights ago. Yeah, really? Yeah, really good. That's disgusting. I can't do it. Yeah. Well, uh, well. speaking of uh, Sazon, let's talk about Tyler Lockett. I feel He's like if around. you're going to say speaking of Sazon, it needs to be like Juju Smith-Schuster or something. That man's got some seasoning. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we got to talk about Juju Smith-Schuster in a little bit. Okay, so Tyler Lockett, wide receiver, 20. There's no more Doug Baldwin. Uh, you know, when we're talking volume in, in terms of wide receivers, there's nothing better than the guy in the slot because you're probably going to get targeted more than any other position on the field as far as receptions go. So Tyler Lockett should be in, in tune to get – plenty of targets with the absence of Doug Baldwin and uh, he's talented. I mean, last year he finished, uh, was he a top 12? I'm pretty sure he was a top 12 wide receiver last year, almost a thousand yards. You know where you could find that out? On John's fantasy. On easily fantasy.com. It's a website. What, and what was his finish last year? Uh, I can, I can let you know right now. Do you want to know? Okay. Yeah, please do. All right, hold on. <laughs> My keyboard's very loud. 16. Yeah, okay. So, close. <laughs> I just made anyone listening to this very loud in their headphones fucking jump, by the way. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, wide receiver 16 last year. Yeah. 10 touchdowns, almost 1,000 yards. And he's going to have an expanded targets. role this year. Why are we not higher on Tyler Lockett? In the top 20 last year, top 20 wide receivers... He had the fewest targets of all wide receivers. And his in the role top will expand this year. Why are we not higher on Tyler Lockett? I'm going to repeat that question. Mm, I think for me, I just I I think I just like to get him to move him up. We're going to have to take other people out. Okay. So who are you taking Tyler out Boyd. in front of him? Okay, I agree with that. Robert Woods. Robert Woods was super consistent. Yes, but, but I think he's mm. going to take a little bit of a step back. I think that offense will throw a little more to Brandon Cooks this year. Sure. Okay. All right. So take him out. Who else? Hmm. Let's see. Give me some names. Um, Kenny Galladay? Kenny Galladay. Yep. That's a good one. Mm. That's probably where Tyler Lockett is. Don't you think? Yeah, but that's not where he's going. Yeah, right. I I'm going to tell you where he's going in an ADP because you said his rank is, what, 20? I guarantee you his ADP is lower than that because people don't feel the same way. ADP of 22. <laughs> We're not making a strong point here. Two picks. Uh, ADP of 22 late. finished 16 last year, and we expect his target share to go up. Sure. Right. Like... Dale, the difference between cracking the top 15 at wide receiver and being drafted at 22-24, that's, that's significant. Yeah, I agree. Okay. 
and the safety of an increased workload, the consistency last year, having already had that under your belt, I I feel like that's much more safe than Calvin Ridley, Alshon Jeffrey. Like those are options in the same range. Um, sure. Guys going five, you know, five slots ahead of the wide receiver position, Julian Edelman. You don't know what the fuck's going to happen with Tom Brady now with 42 years old. Like, I just, um, I guess. Yeah. So. Side note, I drank an energy drink before I Ooh. did this podcast. Um, if you hear me mess up a lot, it's because I'm trying to get out words quickly and I'm not doing a good job of it. So Baltimore Ravens, Green Bay Packers, Mark Ingram. Uh, okay, uh, I'm easily distracted. It says he played in seven saps. What are saps? Snaps. Yeah, but it says saps. Yeah, that was a typo. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Clayton. Yeah. Yeah, do all this hard work, and we're going to pay attention to one letter. How dare you, Canadian? Um, Mark Ingram's going to be a beast this year. He just moves forward. He is the perfect fit for this offensive uh, style running game with Lamar Jackson back there. Lamar Jackson looked great. Uh, The best play probably of last year got called back on a penalty, but Lamar Jackson's going to be fine. Mark Ingram's going to be fine. But there is a new name. Let's talk about this new name. Justice Hill. He is electric. (laughs) He is unbelievable. 10 carries, 49 yards, and a touchdown, and he's even better in the passing game. So pay attention to that. And then the last thing I want to say, the wide receiver one for the Baltimore Ravens is not uh, Marquise Brown, who they drafted in the first round. It is Miles Boykin. Agreed. Um, He got every single snap with the starters out there, and they were out there for a while. 21 snaps. He was out there for all of them. But this is Brown being not healthy, right? That's what it is? Yeah, and I think once he is healthy, it will be those two. I don't think you take Boykin off the field for Brown. Uh, I think Willie Sneed, who was out there for a handful of things, also Jalen Smith, Jaleel Scott, a lot of guys rotating, Chris Moore. Um, It's going to be those two guys. So this is what I want to say about the Ravens in general. Mark Ingram's role is not going to be hurt by Justice Hill. Justice no. Hill is going to be this year's Tariq Cohen. And Buffalo I'll say this on the flip side real quick. If we look at the Green Bay Packers, their wide receiver core is solidified. Two wide receiver sets, Devontae Adams, obviously, but Marquez Valdez, Scantling's going to be the right wide receiver. Right. Geronimo Allison is going to be the slot, and he is spent, uh, splitting. Sorry about that. I'm doing the same thing as you. Splitting time with Kumaro. So Kumaro and Allison are switching kind of the slot role, right. and ESB and Scantling are taking the right wide receiver. But Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he is going to be out there for the yes. majority of the game. And I am willing to bet you'll also see MVS in the slot at times as well. Um, so I, I think... And I, I've been saying this, and, I, and if I'm not mistaken, Allison is still being taken in ADP ahead of MBS. Mistake. I'll say this now. Major mistake. That's a mistake. Yeah. It's it's going to be MBS. It's going to be the, the, the most productive there outside of Adams, obviously, who is a top two wide receiver for most people. Um, I think MBS will finish the season uh, as a top 36 wide receiver and uh, and probably a good draft day. Yeah. Ooh.
Eat, sleep, fantasy, you rocking with the best. NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs, better follow. The conversation with John, Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming Eat Nation, we doing what we like. Tune in every week, guarantee we get it hype. Fantasy Football Enthusiasts, I know you plan to be. Joining us on Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Yeah. Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Eat, sleep, fantasy. All right, guys, Dale here again to tell you about Nitrogen Sports, the number one Bitcoin betting site on the planet, on the Internet, uh, wherever you can get um, access to the World Wide Web. Nitrogen Sports, uh, you can basically bet on everything you want. Everything from, I, I don't know if they have bowling, actually. I was going to say bowling, but I don't want to misrepresent them. But I know they have crazy stuff like cricket and other sports I never heard of, baseball, football, all that stuff. If you guys go, uh, it's all based off Bitcoin, so it's easy to take your money in and out. If you guys are familiar with betting online, you know that it's a pain in the butt sometimes uh, to you know get around and get your money back and all that stuff. You wait for overseas checks. This isn't the case here. You guys bet. If you win, you can withdraw your Bitcoin, take it out as cash, or trade your friends in Bitcoin later. All that good stuff. Uh, don't forget, go to our website, click on the banner. Uh, that's how you get there. You click on the banner on our website. It takes you there. You get in the free NFL survivor pools, like I talked about a little bit earlier. You get in the secret pool. Um, uh, secret pool kind of sounds uh, sounds like a good time, actually. But um, NFL survivor pool is what you want to do. So check it out. Go to our website. Click on the banner. Uh, sign up and uh, win some free money. <laughs>